Welcome to the Juniper and Journey podcast with Kaziah Ritter and Lindsay Heslop. We're so thrilled you're here. This is a podcast dedicated to celebrating the strength and stories of women, good, bad, ugly, and beautiful in their own words. We believe in the power of real conversations, honest confessions, and playful nostalgia. You'll get to hear all kinds of perspectives from all kinds of women about all kinds of things. We'll talk about life and motherhood and loss and faith. We'll reminisce about the good old days, first loves, and old flames. This is going to be fun. Things might get a little rowdy, but we can guarantee it will be meaningful. We hope each woman's story inspires you towards empathy, compassion, and healing. Okay, let's get started. All right, so today we are sitting down with our girl, Olivia, and we're so glad you're here. Yay, this is so fun. This one's really special for I us. I know, it's kind of, even just now I was like, oh yeah, we need to hit record yeah. <laughs> because we're just sitting here talking and I love that that you're here with us today. It's awesome. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks for coming. So Lindsay and I kind of both have this special kind of relationship with you where we knew you uh, growing up in youth group and that kind of thing. And we have this funny memory with you where, were you in eighth grade? I think I was in seventh grade because I didn't do grade. it in eighth grade. Oh man. So you were so little. So <laughs> seventh grade, you were in your middle school play or musical and yeah. it was Wizard of Oz. Yep. And Lindsay and I went to it like opening night or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like three nights or whatever. Yeah, we bought tickets and went on a date. Yeah. (laughs) And went and saw you. It was so great. Oh my gosh. You were the Wicked Witch of the West. So her whole face was green. That's right. Like full on makeup. And and you were so good. Like I think for a middle school musical we're kind of expecting like we don't really know but then you were we wound up being incredible and we were just like what in the world like she's so good and you had this like killer voice and confidence at 11 which is just nuts yeah that was so fun and then (laughs) so you probably had this first big scene whenever that was and I think quite a bit of monologue and lines and all of that and you nailed it. You obviously like na- came out, you did the scene, you like remembered every single word. And then you went backstage <laughs> and they didn't turn your mic off right away. <laughs> and you were like, I remembered all, all my, my lines. <laughs> and everyone could hear you. <laughs> it was the best. Oh my gosh. I love that story. Oh, that's oh so funny. God. Anyway, we're so glad you're here because now that that was a while ago. Now tell us eight a little years bit, ago. Yeah, about life and give us a little intro, if you will. Yeah, of course. Um, I play softball at Ottawa University in Kansas. Go Kansas! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely love it there. I love my friends. Um, I love my softball team. Um, so let's talk about. Going to college mm-hmm. and being diagnosed with alopecia. Okay. What was that like? I guess this community, you know, we're talking about it at this point, but before you went, before you met these softball friends or these roommates or these people in your dorm, w- were you hesitant? Were you like, 
am I going to make friends quick? What is this going to look like? Were you scared at all? So when I first went to Ottawa for about the first week and a half, two weeks, I wore my wig every day. You did? Mm-hmm. I did not want to be known as the bald girl mm-hmm. in Ottawa. I wanted people to get to know me for me and then and then get to know that I'm bald, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't, um, and so I wore my wig. My roommate knew and the softball girls knew. But then once I got done with practice, I went and put my wig back on to go to the cafeteria. Um, I woke up every day at the butt crack of dawn to do my makeup. Um, in Broomfield, I people knew me because I was bald. Hmm. Um, people knew my name because I was bald. People knew me. Like they'd come up to me and be like, Hey Liv or Hey Olivia. I'd be like, who are you? Like, Mm -hmm. why, why do you know my name? Like, and then I'd be like, Oh, I'm the only bald girl that goes to Broomfield high school. Hmm. Um, so I, I just didn't want that. I didn't want people to know who I was because I was bald. I wanted them to know who I was because my personality and getting to meet me and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why I chose to wear my wig. It was a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I eventually, actually, I got found out. Some people came up to me and they're like, we know you wear a wig. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they and just said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. Did they ask why? Like, was it that they were curious or what was behind their question, you think? I just think that they didn't want me to hide it anymore. They were like, Liv, we know, and so you don't have to be pretending or you don't have to run yourself ragged putting on your wig every single day anymore and, like, that kind of stuff. So let's go back, right? So, like, we, we've we known you long enough um, before you had this diagnosis. So mm-hmm. let's go back to that time where maybe things started happening. This was in middle school. And kind of walk us through those months, those first months of going, because at that point, it's not like you knew what was going on. Mm. Your parents didn't know what was going on. We'd love to know kind of those first months of what that looked like and what was happening for you to be like, what is going on? You're right. Um, I remember waking up several days in a row and... Like, just, like, looking at my bed and being like, why do I have so much hair on my bed? I I was like, I don't understand. It was just really, really confusing. Um, I was in seventh grade when that was going on. Uh, and then I remember taking a shower one day and putting shampoo and conditioner in my head and me feeling this bald spot. And I was like, what? I was like, no, no way. <laughs> and so I... Uh, so I ran downstairs and I remember being like, mom, you have to feel this because it was in a spot where I couldn't see it myself, but I could feel it. And I was like, mom, I'm, I'm bald in a spot. And she's like, no, you're not live. Uh, like, mom, like I just felt it in the shower. I think like I was just wearing a towel too. I was like, I was so scared. I was yeah. like, mom, something weird is going on here. And, um, and so I was like, mom, no, you need to look. Like, you need to feel this and see it. And she she just got really quiet. And she was like, Liv, I don't know. I have no idea. And 
so during those first couple of months, um, I don't think that I understood and I was scared because I had never heard of alopecia areata before. Um, I, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then I kept waking up and more hair would be on my bed and I'd t- keep taking showers and more hair would be falling out and all that kind of stuff. And then I finally got into a dermatologist, I think in September or August. And he was like, yeah, you have alopecia areata. I just remember sitting in that uh, dermatologist room and my mom and my dad were with me. And I, we all just kind of like looked at each other like, so what's next? Like what? And he was, he didn't have an answer for me. And then I felt hopeless. So then I felt scared, still didn't understand. And then I felt hopeless. And because normally like when you get sick, you want, you want to take medicine and you want to get better. And you're like, okay, well now I know like at least this doctor prescribed me something so that it gets better. And I, I didn't walk out of that doctor's office with anything. So then my hair continued to fall out. Uh, and I had to wear a hat to school. I remember wearing a hat on my first day of school and I didn't wear these baseball hats, baseball caps. I wore the, these. <laughs> oh, I remember them. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I wore like, it was, what are those called? I don't even know. They're like, it's like a, like a, not a beret, but like a, like a newsboy hat. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember going shopping with my mom. And us buying all of these, like, really, really odd hats. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Had to plan out my outfit every single morning and was like, okay, I'm going to wear this outfit with this weird colored hat that I'm going to have to make somehow. And my school gave me permission to wear hats because, obviously. People didn't really understand why I was wearing the hats. Uh, but they were like, why does she get to wear a hat? Hmm. Which it kind of made me stand out a little bit more because I was the only person that was allowed to wear a hat. I remember... Some people like trying to take off my hat and me being like, what the heck? Like, why are you doing that? I think looking back, it was just because I was so not open about it. I was like, I'm going to wear this hat and you're not going to ask me why. Or I'm going to wear this hat and hopefully blend in. Um, and it did quite the opposite of that, probably. Hmm. I I definitely was not open about it at but, the very um, beginning. Yeah. You were in middle school. Right. So, I mean, as if of middle school isn't hard about. enough, like, let's add this diagnosis to your time when it does create these boundaries now, I think, mm-hmm. between you're like, okay, I'm wearing a hat, but no one else is allowed to. And I'm also, what, like 12 or 13 at the time? And so even figuring out how to be open about that at 13 – who, I don't. I didn't want to yeah. be open about anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let alone this like really personal thing that also affect your appearance. Talk about like that layer of it, being in a middle school girl and having this diagnosis that you really can't hide. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. you got to really conceal, and like it being something that people could see and affect your appearance. Like, how did that affect you? I remember thinking that or I remember my parents saying live you're so beautiful or my grandparents saying live you're so beautiful or just everybody that like truly knew me friends family 
like really good friends would just keep saying, Liv, you're so beautiful. Um, and I remember not believing them. I remember being like, no, <laughs> that's not true. Or no, but I don't look like my other friends anymore. Like all my other friends are doing weird stuff with their hair and curling it like we used to and mm-hmm. straightening it. And I no longer get to do those things. And so I um, definitely remember not believing it when people said I was beautiful. Did you ever have, because of course you're beautiful, but it's kind of one of those things too, especially at that time. Did you have anybody that actually was able, you were able to sit with and that they were able to go, yeah, this sucks. And just try and meet you where you were at and not necessarily be like, oh, but it's fine and it doesn't matter and and you're beautiful. And those things maybe are true, but actually probably not what you needed at that time. Did you get that from anyone where you actually felt like someone just was able to kind of empathize with you? One of my really good friends who I met through softball, her name was Jazzy, um, she was diagnosed with cancer and she had cancer. So she was bald. And so I got to see her a bunch at practice and all that kind of stuff. And I met her. I think God put her in my life at the right time because he knew he was like, Hey, look at jazz. Like these people are looking at you, but look at jazz and like, look how beautiful jazz is. Um, (laughs) So I think that jazz was my person for that she really could empathize with you (laughs) right not just someone going yeah that's shitty yeah that's another level of empathy someone that's actually in similar shoes literally and i got to see how beautiful she was right and she was completely bald at this point i wasn't completely bald yeah she was like yeah live it does suck trust me (laughs) (laughs) i remember her coming up to softball practice with pink hair and pink little spiky hair and me just thinking, like, she's so cool. She doesn't wear wigs ever. And she doesn't even wear hats. Like, that was, like, a firsthand experience of me being able to look at her and thinking she's beautiful and possibly hope that that's how other people saw me. Right. So I remember at some point you you started having some hair growth. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of it started coming back. I remember feeling it and like (laughs) you were so excited and it was like coming in really thick. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And stuff. My hair was super, super thick, like ridiculously thick. Yeah. So I remember you guys kind of doing some treatments that worked Mm -hmm. for a bit. Walk us through that. Seventh grade. I had, I would say about 70% of my hair fall out. And then I was wearing hats and then it started coming back. And I was like, what? This is crazy. I was like, this is going to look really weird, (laughs) (laughs) but at least it's coming back. And so it was super thick. And then I still wore the hats because it looked quite odd. (laughs) It was really (laughs) quite weird. And, um, and That time, I don't think I was getting the shots um, at that point, but I was using the cream that 
the doctor had just prescribed. And I was like, this is awesome. This is totally cool. Like, even the doctor said that this may only happen once in your life and then it might be done. Like, you may not, it may not ever flare up, flare up ever again. I love that I just did that. Like, they can see that. That was air quotes. Air quotes. (laughs) And so, (laughs) I just think that I wasn't worried about it anymore. I was like, thank God this is over with. No more weird looking hats. No more, like, planning out my outfits super early in the, or super late at night. I just remember thinking, I'm, it's, it's done. Like, I'm, it's growing back. You made it through the tough part. It's no longer falling out. So you were like, it's over. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then I don't want to say that I was necessarily, no, I do. Uh, I think that I started to be really, really happy. And whenever my hair falls out at first, like that first month or so when it falls out every single time, I'm like, I remember every single time that it fell out thinking that I was not worthy of love, thinking like why why would somebody why would somebody think I was beautiful or why would somebody want to love me when I look like this when I don't look like everybody else. And so those first couple of months always are like that. And then when it finally started coming back, I, I I felt happier and I was better. And I was like, I just have more confidence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have more confidence. And I think that people around me could also tell that when it started coming back, I started feeling like myself. It got to a point where I was like at my shoulders and I remember going and getting a haircut. And I was like, what? Why am I cutting my hair? Like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, but then we put some layers in it and it was all good. Then my sophomore year, I started getting bald spots again. And I was like, ah, I'm good. I was like, I've already gone through this. It was the same thing where it started off as like two little patches in the back of my head. But at that point, I didn't have to wear a hat um, because it was just in the back of my head and I was able to part my hair a certain way. And I was like, I got it. It's not that big of a deal. Whatever. It'll stop. It'll stop. It just, it never stopped. It kept going and kept going. And I think I held out hope for a really long time. Then it was time to go back to school. And this time I was wearing baseball caps. (laughs) And I just felt sad again because I was putting my self-love into other things. I was putting my love into friends. I was putting my love into boys. I was putting my love into softball. And... Looking back at it, I think that God was like, hey, you need to love yourself. I needed to learn to love myself. And that is like one of the biggest takeaways that I think I have learned. I remember a lot of our conversations were about like being angry at God, Mm -hmm. that you overcame this once and here you are having to do it again. So like, can you talk, talk a little bit about that? Like you... You've spoken to, you have this relationship with God, Mm -hmm. but now, you know, the time that your hair is falling out, the the second go around, how does your relationship with him change? Oh, I was pissed. I was so mad at God. I was like, what the heck? Because now I'm 16 
and I'm confused again and I am so upset and I cannot tell you the amount of times that I fell asleep screaming into my pillow. I remember screaming at him and asking why and just being so, so upset at God. I went on so many car rides crying, probably not safe considering (laughs) (laughs) how, but how many tears were coming out of my eyeballs. Um, I yelled at God quite often. Yeah. Was it because you were perceiving this as like him doing this to you or where, where was the anger coming from? All my life I have had things happen that I just don't understand why God does those, these things to good people. That is still something that I struggle with today is why does God put things that are hard in people's lives when they don't deserve it? I struggle with just knowing why. Right. Like why, why did I have to go through it for a second time? At what point then does that anger start to turn it, start to turn into something else where you're able to sit here today and say, I understand what it means to love myself now, where maybe I didn't quite understand that before. At what point do you go from anger to this like acceptance? I remember my junior year in October and I had just gotten out of the shower again and I just decided to cut the rest of my hair. I cut it and I, that was the first, that next morning was the first day that I didn't wear my hat. I went upstairs, I picked out a very cute outfit to wear (laughs) and I went upstairs to my mom's bathroom as she was getting ready and I go, mom. I'm not wearing a hat today. I think that she tried to make it not a big deal because she didn't <laughs> She didn't want to act like it was a big deal. And she was like, oh, really? Okay. And that was the best day ever was not wearing a hat. Um, I think that it was very freeing. I think that just acceptance, acceptance of it might not get better for a little bit. It might get worse but not trying to hide it. I think that that was my turning point of kind of saying, screw this disease. Yeah, I hate you, but you're not going to control my life anymore. You're not going to control what I wear. You're not going to control how I feel. You're not going to control anything anymore. And I'm not going to allow you to. And I'm okay with you getting worse, and I'm okay with you getting better. But... And then it got worse after that. How was that? How was that accepted by the people? I mean, whether it's teachers or friends or, or people you don't know in high school. Right. <laughs> um, what were those days like of being like, you know, kind of like, screw it. I'm going to I'm going to show up and this is me and this is where I'm at. How was that um, accepted by the people around you? I remember my faith or my friend Faith posting a picture of me and being like, I am so proud of you, Liv. And that was really, really cool. Um, I just remember like having this confidence walking around the halls 
of with me and my cool spiky hair. <laughs> and I was like, I looked so good at spiky hair. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. And um, I think teachers kind of noticed and they were like, kind of like smiling at me more or like, I don't know. It was just like, hmm. I can't even describe it. It was just like this, this like everybody knew, but like, Maybe they didn't want to, like, be like, hi, Olivia. Like, have that relationship that my friend Faith and I did mm-hmm. of I'm really, really proud of you. But I could I could tell that people were proud of me, but maybe they just didn't want to say it. They didn't know how to. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I just remember having this confidence and being so excited not to wear a hat. I was like, yeah, I look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could not wait to prove that I would look so good at my spiky hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So at that point, though, it continued to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in October when I stopped wearing hats of my junior year. And then in December, I started losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And at that point, I had moved to stage three of alopecia areata, alopecia areata totalis. That is what stage I was at. That is full hair loss all over the body. I don't think that, like, I got super sad about losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes. I was like, that sucks. I got to learn how to do that stuff now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was more upset at the fact that I had to learn how to do more makeup (laughs) than actually losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes because I had accepted it. I had just come to terms with that is... That is shitty, but mm-hmm. you just got to learn how to do makeup, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do your eyebrows now. Right. No more bushy eyebrows. Oh, and <laughs> eyelash glue. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Talk to us about um, the decision to get a wig. Oh, I remember on winter break, mom and I going to Cherry Creek Mall. And trying on wigs. And I felt uncomfortable in every single wig that I tried on. And I was like, this isn't it. I was like, this is not the wig for me. This is not the wig for me. This is not the wig for me. And they were mm. stupid expensive. Wigs are ridiculously expensive. Right. Like six grand each kind of expensive. And I just like never felt good in any of my wigs that I tried on. And then my mom found this site that's called Wigs for Kids. And I, the wigs that I own now are all, all three of them are from Wigs for Kids. And they are all each personally made for me. And I get to choose the color. I get to choose the size, the everything. And um, I remember the first time I ever got my wig, I could not stop smiling. Hmm. I was like, this is, this is my wig. All those other wigs were my wig. I wasn't supposed to get those wigs, but I was supposed to get this wig. It was relief. It was relief that I now had that second choice of you can wear your wig or you cannot wear your wig and just do you kind of thing. But I just think it felt good. It sounds empowering. That choice piece Mm -hmm. is important to that where you're like, it gets to be my decision. Right. If I want to walk the halls with my spiky hair or not, and that you're choosing that, that that's empowering. Mm-hmm. What kind of helped you on those really bad days? So, you know, we talked about 
like you screaming into the pillow at night and and in the car rides being pissed at God, being pissed at this diagnosis and going just what why and why this mm-hmm. and why now what was your support system like and and how was that helpful or was it just going for a drive <laughs> right that could have been just was that was it absolutely going for drives um yeah. my youth group friends from my dad's church uh they never stopped wanting to hang out with me. They would call me all the time. And I would be like, no, I don't really want to go out. And they'd be like, no, too bad. We're outside of your house. Kind of we're going out kind of thing. And then I'd have to go upstairs to tell my dad. And he's like, uh, uh, okay. Like, um, I remember because I was so sad losing a lot of people that I cared about in my life. Um, not because they didn't want to support me. Just because I didn't want to go out and I didn't want to do these things anymore. And I didn't, I don't think I had the energy to do those things anymore and be the fun, happy, excited live that I've always been. And, and so I do think that I lost some of my really good friendships. I think my mom tried to be there, but I didn't want to talk to my mom about it Hmm. because I just didn't want to see her be sad and then maybe sad. And then us just have a, like a little sad party because I was sad all the time. The only time that I was not sad was when I got to go see my friends or my friends pushed me to go out. Right. So my mom, my mom helped me a lot, but I just don't think that that was the help that I needed. I think that I needed my friends and like the people that were also mm-hmm. my age To show that they wanted to still be friends with me. Right. Well, and you probably needed all of it (laughs) in a way (laughs) on different (laughs) levels. I think humor can be powerful. And I think that's in your personality already. But then watching you kind of embrace getting to shock people with this too. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite thing ever. I make jokes about it all the time. Like, or my softball girls in college – I will be like, hey, like I like your haircut or like your hair looks good. Like you got it highlighted. And then and then they'll be like, hey, Liv, your hair looks good too. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> thank you for that. Like, there were two times. So one, I was preaching and it's the verse in Psalms that's like, God knows or can count every hair on your head. And Liv was like, I'm bald. <laughs> you just yelled it out. I think so. <laughs> Oh it my was, gosh. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, Liv. Like, I don't know what, the, yeah, it was, so, I died. I had to like compose myself. It was really funny. I remember it. That's yeah, awesome. It was awesome. It was my favorite thing to do, just make people laugh. And like, I think that that makes me like be so okay with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, this horrible thing happened to me at 16. And now I'm like laughing my, my butt off of, this joke that I just told that's hilarious. Like <laughs> you cannot help but laugh. Like yes. and, and I, this moment. So there's this moment <laughs> I love at senior year winter camp. 
So this is like February of senior year. And it's this huge, like hyped up thing. It probably now it's like, who gives a rats? But it was a big deal then, which is this like dodgeball tournament. And we have all these softball players and like athletes in this class. So that we had not won once. Yeah. So we had gotten been years, second right, place. That we've been right. going and we never win. And we're like, this is the, the year. year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the best. And so we're, we're getting, everybody got like matching shirts. We were all out. And Liv comes into the, we're getting ready. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And Liv comes into the bathroom and she's like, okay, here's my thought. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have my wig on to like start the game when we're like lined up. And I'm like, okay, you know, not, well, <laughs> right. whatever. Like, cause it was cold. So I had worn my wig up like yeah. every single day. Cause I wear my wig now as like a way of staying warm. Right. Yes. So I'd worn it every single day to stay warm. And yep. then <laughs> she's like, I'm going to wear my wig when we're lined up. She's like, and then when it's like time to start the game, she's like, I'm going to rip it off. <laughs> and so in eyeliner, I wrote dodge this on the back of her bald head in this dodgeball game. And it was like, it was the best moment. We're all lined up there. And I'm just like, I can't wait for people's reaction oh for her gosh. to just like rip her wig off and just crush this other team. <laughs> That's so amazing. It so, was the best. You won, right? Oh, oh we yeah, won. we won. We won. Because I remember it was so awesome. And I just had dodged this. And it was like, a, I think the, it was a, like a metaphor for like my head being a dodgeball. <laughs> and I remember like planning out who I was going to toss my wig to. And like I went up to the ref beforehand. And I was like, hey, when I call timeout, you better give me time out. Like, oh my goodness. It was so awesome. And all my friends were like, yeah, I think it got other people pumped up too. Yeah. I think like my really close friends were like, that is so awesome, Liv. Right. And then I remember people posting about it afterwards and it being in the video. <laughs> and it was so cool. And then uh, it did just totally feel like this moment where you were like, we could just see like you owning this. Like, mm-hmm. all the things that you're saying, I think it was this moment for all of us that really was, like, yeah, she means what she's saying. Like, really, she's owned this, and it doesn't define her. And the fact that you can even, like, poke fun at yourself, I think for other people, it was just powerful, even though it's this, well, like, really silly like moment. inspiring, right? Yes. Like, there's something inspiring about that where you're, like, we're all just doing the best we can in this yeah. life with whatever cards we've got. And I think that that's something very inspiring about you. And I, even the dodgeball, dodge this thing, that's hilarious. But also just so like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to do that like yeah. in my own way, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that about you. Oh, and I also remember all my friends in high school being so jealous that I got to just drop off my wig for prom. And then go pick it up and not have to sit in the chair. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. You're like, do it up good. I'll be back in an hour. I'll be- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. it up. That's a riot. Oh yeah. my God. All my friends were like, oh, and I had like the best hair ever. Like I had jewels in it. I It was braided <laughs> super pretty. I, this, that, or when I got my wig highlighted, I would just like dropped it off. And I was like, you can do whatever you want to it. Like, here's the picture that I want. And she'd be like, okay. Sounds good. Like, see you tomorrow morning. Like, it was so awesome. Yeah, I don't have to sit in this chair for four hours with soils in my head. Mm -hmm. Has it ever 
kind of come back again. Yeah. This last summer, I had a little bit of spiky, and then it just falls out again. Hmm. So I no longer get excited when my hair, when I get some hair, I think that that is what tears me down the most is when I get excited about my hair growing back. So I just don't necessarily get my hopes too high about it because I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Knowing what you know now and, you know, arriving in this place that you're in, what is something that you would, you wish you could go back and tell your 11 year old and 16 year old self about just about living with alopecia areata? I would say that the people that truly care about you are going to stay and help you through it. And it's not the end of the world. You're going to be okay. You're not sick. You don't, you're, you don't have this because you have to go to chemo. Like you're not dying from anything. It's just your hair. It's just her hair. <laughs> and now, and soon enough, you will have three beautiful wigs that you get to choose from. But it's, I just I just wish that I could go back and tell myself, it's just hair. It will get better. Because for a long time, I didn't think that it would get better. So I just, I just wish that I could go back and tell myself, it's just hair and it will get better. And the people that love you are going to help you through it. Mm-hmm. And God didn't give this to you because he hates you. <laughs> what are your hopes for the future? I know. I don't know <laughs> what my future looks like. I have no idea. I'm going to college and I'm playing softball. And for right now, I think that that's okay with me. I just know that I want to do something big. Whether that's running for president, which I've said ever since I was 15 and going <laughs> to Washington, D.C., yeah, I've always, that's always been like my dream. Like other kids were like, I want to be an astronaut. And I want to be this and this. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be the president of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I <laughs> And I watch this. <laughs> That'll be your campaign yes. slogan. Watch <laughs> this. I I just like ever like even before alopecia I think that I knew that I was I knew that I wanted to do something big and I still have no idea what that is. Yeah. I have no idea. But I just know that I'm supposed to do something big. So today or right now, what is the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? First off, coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. Yeah. Um uh, but today like I just I think that what I just said is that I wake up knowing that I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to go to work and be better. I want to go to school and learn something new or I want to go to softball practice and I want to beat out the person next to me. I want to just constantly move forward with my life every single day. And what keeps you up at night? Not knowing what I want to do. <laughs> it's okay. You're 20. Yeah. 
Oh man, not or what keeps me up at night? Scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, not being in Kansas. It's just being so genuinely happy in a place that I get to call my own. Yeah. I just get to be me. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we have loved that you're here right now because yes. we got to sit down and do this with you, um, which was very special. And um, we love you a lot. Mm-hmm. And thank you for just sharing with us and being honest and. I don't think you can help but be just yourself. And I love that about you. And I love that we're going to get to share a little piece of this with people that listen. So thank you for coming, friend. Of course. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Juniper and Journey podcast. If you heard something that resonated with you or that you have questions about, we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at Juniper and Journey and slide into our DMs. It would be our treat and total privilege to chat with you. We all have a story. If you'd be interested in sharing yours here on the podcast, please reach out. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.